Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today. I have with us a celebrity trainer, fitness expert, uh, Teddy Bass, who is a star trainer to those such as Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, um, you just recently wrote a book called Affirm Fitness, which is to inspire others to find a balance with a healthy mind, body, and spirit, and incorporate his tips for finding more peace, love, and joy in their own lives. For more information on Affirm Fitness, a practical guide to health from one of the country's top fitness experts, visit teddybass.com slash book. Or is that backslash? That's backslash book. Backslash so you can book. order it and read it. Order it and read it. Yes. Get fit and affirm. Uh, welcome, Teddy Bass. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Bob. I'm so excited to be here with you. Such an intimate moment we have together. It's going to be cool. I'm so excited. We're going to explore all kinds of stuff. Now, you know, before we came in um, to the studio, you mentioned to me, the studio here live at the world-famous comedy store, um, you, you said to me that you had a couple of re- revelations around money. Um, and I don't know I if did. it's, and I don't know wow. if you're willing to share that. So I guess I should have signed a release form that not to speak <laughs> what I said, not in this booth. <laughs> and you don't have you, to share anything no, or no. you can pare it down. You know, I guess the insight that I had about money is that I am money. Right. And I think for so many years, I thought that I didn't have an issue with money, mm-hmm. but there was always a lack consciousness circling around in my head mm-hmm. because I had it, I didn't have it, and someone very close to me that you even know um, had to let me know that I made my least amount of money I made last year. And okay. they then let me know why, meaning I was doing a book, I was doing other things. Right. And it's just so interesting when you look back that we're so conditioned to look at the dollar. Right. Like, what does that mean? That's my value. That's what I'm worth, and that's it. Right. And I'm sorry, but I, I, I got caught. Right. I literally got caught, and I'm so grateful for people like you in my life that get to continue to remind me that until you can resonate at the vibration of money, you will never achieve and acquire it because you're always thinking of yourself as not it. Right. So I know that you see me in a white shirt, but from now on, I'm going to be seen as green exactly. as you are. I, I wear a lot of green. I am going to begin <laughs> wearing green, my friend. <laughs> I live green. I live green. So let me ask you this. So coming from that place of scarcity or lack of, right. uh, growing up, what were the messages that you got from your mom and from your dad around money? That was if, it. That was exactly what I there's got. Not my much. mother, your, the, the income... Uh, the state's going to get it. The federal government's going to get it. My mother was pretty much a solo owner, earner because my father just had no understanding of money, of business, and all he wanted was the next fun time. So I, I lived essentially four siblings, five of us, mm-hmm. with my mom working a full-time job. Wow. So I was, it was always paycheck to paycheck. Hand to mouth. And I think even though I had acquired money, I was, I'm always around money. Right. Everyone around me has money. And we live in Los Angeles. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of money. Oh, my God. There's a lot of money. But it's so funny because, you know, the biggest thing that I think is my hiccup, I'll only speak for myself, is comparison. Right. Like I just drove here a mile from the gym. Mm-hmm. 
and I literally probably passed $8 million worth of cars. Right. And you're like, and I'm driving my Prius, and I made a joke to my friend today who was on the phone with me, speaker, and I said, oh, my gosh, so L.A. He goes, what? I go, a woman in a G-Wagon with a huge hat on who's had a lot of plastic surgery, all the windows down, and her kid in the back seat. And he goes, how is that worse than a celebrity trainer driving around in a Prius? And I just buzzed out laughing. I was like, it's all perception. Right. So I'm just happy no matter what age, 53, going on 54 in July, that I get to learn. No, that's the best part. Let me ask you this. Do you compare up or do you compare down? That's a great question. Now, I'm confused. So do you compare yourself to the people that have more than you? Always. Or do you compare to yourself to the people that don't have as much as you do? In other words, a lot of times oh, I don't, I we're don't... not looking and going, oh, thank God I have a place to live. They have a big mansion and I have a small house versus, oh, there's some people that are sleeping on the street. Gosh, life's pretty good for me. You know, then I'd have to say I'm an equal opportunist. Okay. I don't leave any man out. Okay, good. So I bless because my son and I go feed the homeless Mm -hmm. often and I bless them and I'm trying to teach him that they're no different than we are. Mm -hmm. We're just offering them a meal. That's their choice sometimes and or conditions. Not sure which. Right. So I'm grateful in that aspect. But then I also drive around and I see that woman in the G-Wagon and I used to be so I need the G-Wagon. But I was like, no, that's my – House payment. I, I prefer to live in my home. And so, yeah, I have shifted to gratitude a lot more, mm-hmm. but I don't – I do up and down. So when you see somebody driving that fancy car or living in the big house mm-hmm. or or the trips to Europe on a weekly basis, um, what is it that they have that you think you might get? Wow, you are really trying to pull some <laughs> tears out of me today, aren't you? You are gut-wrenching. You know um, – I mean, I can answer this so clearly because it just happened to me today, and it wasn't even anything I saw. It was someone that I know that has a lot. And I thought to myself, well, if I just had that money in the bank, mm-hmm. I would be able to make different choices. Right. I'd be able to go on vacation. I'd be able, And I'm like, I'm going on vacation in two weeks. So it's like it doesn't make sense. Right. My rational thinking – is not rational. Right. It doesn't match the story. At all. It right? doesn't match my reality either. Right. But I'm living it. Right. And it is literally inhibiting my expansion. Right. And that's where my realization in the last two days is coming. When you were a kid, when was the first time you realized that money had an impact? Oh, my God. You're literally <laughs> trying to tear me up right now. Um, You know, I think... Because I had – there was a moment where money was tight between my parents and uh, and my family, and, and I felt like I had like one certain thing that I wore every couple days. Mm. And I, I remember a kid picking on me mm. and making fun of, of the most amazing red crush velvet pants that I loved. Um, but I took it on as bullying or whatever you take it, but I took it on as, oh, my God, I don't have enough. Mm. I, I have to have more I clothes. I wish we had more. Or, right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. so funny. Well, you know, it's interesting. I remember my mom used to make all our clothes. And I I wish I could say she's from the South. I mean, she lives there, but she grew up in California. But my mom made our clothes because there were five kids. And I hated the fact that I had to wear homemade clothes for Easter and stuff like that. Whereas now I can look back and go, wow, that was a lot of effort and 
like there's appreciation there. But you know, when you're a kid, you went the and for me it was like, hey, we want something from Montgomery Wards because it was exactly. a very small town. It reminds me of Dolly Parton. Yeah, it's sort of very Dolly Parton. I, I don't want the coat of many colors. And um, <laughs> but you know, so I mean, I can, I mean, I I, I get it. You know, it's I, we came from a big family, and uh, you know, things were tight. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what age you are. The consumerism starts so young. It starts young. It's so young. We're inundated with everything. And no matter if we had TV or what, it's like consumption and having mm-hmm. starts at such a young age. Starts and I, I'm parenting as we speak. And I remember how important – sorry, you got me crying here – that I didn't want to be the one that said no all the time. Right. Because I remember that so clearly. And there's so many other ways to explain that. But no – you immediately there's a separation of oh I can't have right so then you know I've got my whole life longing for something I don't probably even really want right I mean I love the ability to probably have those things right. that so many people have but I don't want the responsibility right I'm not geared for that right and that's probably has been my issue yeah and let me ask you this because you're you you know not wanting to say no to your son um, how is that with setting boundaries. You know, I feel like we've done a really good job. I've tried to teach him, and that's another insight I've just had, is he doesn't need to know the whole situation in order to learn the lesson. Right. So I don't need to let him know that I'm a single parent and that I take care of everything. Right. Which was my choice. I needed to drill that in until two days ago. Right. When I realized he's 12. Right. And so now, you know, I my whole car is full of recycling. Because all of our friends bring recycling to our house because he likes to pay. He doesn't like to pay. I like him to contribute to feeding his bearded dragon once a month. Okay. And so he gets 15 to $20 every month from recycling. Oh, wow. And so I'm trying to teach him the appreciation of money. And I'll give you one instance. He went online and bought something for $35 the other day because he still has gift cards from his birthday. And it came on my Amazon account. And so I asked what it was, and I don't know if you're familiar, but there are these little things that kids love right now, and they're little mini skateboards. Oh, okay. And they just roll them around. And he spent $35 on them. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, it's my money. And in that moment, I was like, wow, I don't need to drill this home to try to teach him an appreciation for money. I want him not to be afraid of it. And yet, me trying to teach him would have immediately sent up red flags of no, no, no. And so I pulled back. As hard as it was, because there are certain moments, as someone said to me very recently, every time there's a learning opportunity, Mm -hmm. you don't have to take it. Right. And that was so hard for me because, you know, I'm an only parent. So I feel like I have to work over time and I don't. Right. I'm I'm starting to let myself off the hook a little bit. Does he get an allowance? You know, we tried that. And between him and my memory, I just kind of forgot to keep it in. But I think the recycling kind of sort of does that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Did you get an allowance? I did. Do you remember what it was? God, I feel like it was like $1 to $5 a week. But I feel like I kept doing things that I would either not get it. But I remember having to work a lot when my parents divorced because I loved my mom so much, so I just became I became the man in the house. Right. So I was doing everything. 
When was the first? Do you remember the first time you got like some money, like not just the dollar, but like I got twenty bucks, um, and I'm gonna buy something with it. Oh, it's funny you say that. I don't know if I remember. You know, I mean, I do. I remember getting a job, and I was uh, bagging groceries, mm-hmm. and I was so excited the first time I got that check because it was like, oh wow. Actually, someone's going to pay me for working <laughs> right. instead of, you know, having to um, labor for nothing. Yeah. Now, you grew up in Carolina? I did. High Point, North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, did you ever work on a farm? Did you ever uh, – or were you a city boy? Or You've met me. I do not like to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so there ain't no farm in here. However, I mean, I like to ride horses and stuff like that, but no. Hey, mud. Was that what they call that? Yeah, that's what they call that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and scene. So I'm a city boy. Okay. Even though we kind of sort of live slight city country, yeah, but we live in the city. Okay. Not rural, yeah. not that rural. All right. My friends all lived on farms, so I used to. I liked hanging out on the farms. I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: so the first, so you you train people. The first time you had a celebrity, like because obviously. When you first started training, like you had to build up a client base and all that stuff. And then people Correct. started to know, hey, Teddy will help you out. He'll get you in shape. Like what was it like? Like it, was it weird the first time you met somebody that like, oh, that's a famous person? Oh, uh, you know, it's so funny because, you know, living in L.A., they're just kind everywhere. of smitten everywhere. Yeah. So I had already met several people yeah. just in passing. But when I met this particular one, she happened to be someone that I – you know, watched yeah. that I watched and admired and we met and she was training with someone else doing Pilates and she wanted to do some weights and she was ending a long run on a show and it was amazing. We just like vibed and it worked out and here we are 22 years later. Oh, that's so cool. yeah, I, I mean, starstruck happens still. Cause you know, yeah. we grow up feeling like we already know them. Right. So we kind of cross that, slight boundary anyway yeah in la and so i mean i hate that title celebrity personal trainer but it's just because people that i worked with were notable and they were famous right so and they're celebrities but celebrity is such a interesting word now because of the ages we live in because all you have to do is have a lot of followers and you're a celebrity or you're you're a celebrity and you're a celebrity you're an influencer and you're an influencer i was gonna say that word I don't yes, love that word. Like you. Yes, You're an influencer for people's abundance and financial freedom, aren't you? Well, I hope so. I hope so. Yes. I try. I want to empower people and educate. That's right. That's that's what it's about. That's what it's about for me. There's just because I find um, there's so much shame around money. And especially in L.A. where we have to posture to make everything look really smooth, even if it's not going well, we got to like layer um, the projection. And make sure the social media captures all the good stuff. Right. Right. And and that's – and again, I think that's part of our problem as well. Like not only are we potentially doing some of that, mm-hmm. we're also inundated mm-hmm. by it all. Everyone else's. And they're putting their best foot forward. But yet, you know, that comes from the influencers. Yeah. Because they're getting paid to show us how great their life is. And they're getting more because of that. And yeah. so it's like, how do you keep up with the Joneses? Right. In this, I, I stopped trying to keep up with everybody. You know, exactly. And like I'm not interested. But not even to have as much as they are, but just to be like, God, their life. 
Well, that's the thing. You know, I, I may, used to make a joke about keeping up with the Joneses. I actually met the Joneses. They and, weren't that interesting. And, it and they weren't like, that happy. And they weren't that happy. And, oh. So I don't need to keep and up. And they didn't know how to dance. No. So moving on, you exactly. know. Exactly. Um, when um, when you first went out and got a job and you started your career, like when you were young, did you say, I want to be a personal trainer? Did you, you know, want to f- fly airplanes? I mean, like, how did you get to where you are today? I wanted to be a dancer. Okay. I went in college my second year. I ended up going to Las Vegas to uh, live for a summer with one of the women I went to school with who was a little older, and she went to get her career job in Vegas, and so I went with her. And I remember dancing um, in a club, not go-go dancing, but dancing, and someone approached me, and then I sort of entertained for another month or two before I ended up coming back, and that's when I went to school to become a dancer. And unfortunately, in... In North Carolina, you can go to a performance center and you're you're great because right. a you're a guy and b you're going into a modern school. But then right. you know I went to Chicago and I studied with Hubbard Street and I was like, oh my god, they're doing eight and nine pirouettes, right? Not me, right? So you know it, I was there for three years and I tried it and I did everything I could and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll move to L.A. and and I'll do videos. That'll be easier, right? Well, dude, that was even more difficult. Right. So I, I spent a year and then potentially just got right in the right alignment, met another dancer who was a personal trainer, went to UCLA and got my undergrad work done with um, kinesiology and those types of things and then got certified and I started training. Mm-hmm. And so within an, you know another year, I was established, had a clientele, had a great gym, and then that's when it all kind of started. Okay. In the second year. And were your parents always supportive of whatever choices you made in terms of career choice and like – you know, some parents are like, "No, you must be a doctor, or do what you want, follow your bliss." What what kind of what kind of messages did you get from your parents? You know, it's so interesting that you ask that because I think about that, and I used to remember telling this story, but now I look back and go, "Was that real?" And I know that some of us fabricate stories because we really don't remember how it went. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I remember growing up thinking my mom wanted a doctor and my dad wanted a lawyer. But now that I sit back, I just don't even know if that was true. My mother and some other family members are nurses. So they were in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. I just, I, I, my mom loved me so much cause I was the youngest and I was the only boy and she just wanted me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And all I knew is I could not stay in North Carolina the rest of my life. Right. And so I was ready to do anything to get me out of there. Yeah. So as soon as I graduated, I was out. I graduated from college and I was Chicago bound. And I'll never forget that fourth winter. I called my mother and it was 55 below windchill factor. And I was like, oh. I'm out. And I literally, two weeks later, I met a chef who had a restaurant in L.A. Yeah. And literally within three months, I was in L.A. living in his home. Wow. For three or four years, right in the heart of West Hollywood. Uh, a lot warmer. Oh. A lot warmer than Chicago. Oh, for sure. Um, what would you say – like was there a, a a financial tip that your mom had like when you were growing up? Like, you know, never – you know, never buy such and such or always make sure you, you know, whatever, have clean underwear. But related to money. Um, mom, I'm not sure. But my father, mm-hmm. most definitely. What was and what what would have his lines been? What was his mantra? Cash is king. Cash is king. Because for him, 
anything that was put through the bank would always be taxed. available to be not not only taxed, but if in fact, like when my parents broke up, like somebody would have a trace of it. Mm-hmm. So to him, he always had cash. Okay. Didn't mean there was anything in the bank. Yeah. And that cash went through his hands. Right. And so I, that's a recent issue of mine because when I get cash, I just hold on to it. And it's right. like, why? Mm-hmm. It's circulation. Right. The more I hoard and hold on, the less I'm going to receive. Right. So it's like, here I am reliving the things that I thought I never wanted to do. Right. Or be. If you, so if, so talking about that and talking about a little bit of the, the struggles around finance, um, like when you just hear the word money, does like, does that excite you? Does it scare you? Somebody says there's lots of money. Well, when you say it like that, I'm beyond excited. It's like you just won the lottery. Lots of money for other people. Exactly. Uh, That's (laughs) Oh, not me. I just, money just has a charge. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I don't know if there's more than two types of people's ideas about money, mm-hmm. but it's they who have and those who have not Right, is what I, what mm-hmm. it feels to me. And then it's those who have, have a different mindset mm-hmm. and those who have not have a different have a outlook. Di- right. Cause they're looking for it and the others are expecting it. Right. There's an expectancy. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. What, when you hear the word like abundance or wealth, do those have a different charge than the word money? Well, those words have had such in my spiritual life, those have such a different connotation Mm -hmm. because abundance and wealth is not just financial. Okay. It's. It's about love. It's about abund- joy. It's about peace in your life. So it's, it's abundance in that is an abundance of everything. So it does it. It's, it's, there's a different trigger for money because it's green. And for me, it's in and out. Right. Like there's a check and a checks and balance. Mm-hmm. And so it, it tends to charge me a little differently, sadly. What's your biggest financial worry? Like, what do you worry about the most? Are you really trying to get me out of here, aren't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Should I be really honest? It's your choice. I would say that my biggest financial fear. Mm-hmm. Worry, fear. Is that I've already made the most money that I'll make. Mm. And that makes me sad. But yeah. thank God I am continuing to expand my knowledge and Mm -hmm. sitting with you on this microphone really helps me to hear myself out loud so that I literally don't have to be stuck in this. So it's like, I feel like I'm getting clear and clean and literally ready to shift and expand that so that that is not the story I have to tell myself anymore. No, that's great. Um, What do you think your worst financial or your biggest financial mistake in the past was like some money that you, Wished you had done differently. (laughs) (laughs) Dating younger guys. (laughs) Because that money went, Um, (laughs) bye-bye. So, no, you know, I think the largest money issue that I have is honestly – I mean, I, I, I adopted a child Mm -hmm. and it was a bigger financial expense than I had imagined. 
Um, but I'm so grateful that we have people in our lives that, you know, help support us and we have a village, but I get to look back and, and not think that that money is gone or that I spent it, right? but that I invested it in this amazing child's life and that I made a difference and and not in an ego state because people are like, Oh, you changed his life. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? He changed my life. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask, um, is how has, um, Adopting a son changed your life. Wow. In so many ways, but I think for the, for the, for right now, he's really teaching me to be present and accountable Mm -hmm. that my father always used to say when I was growing up, children are to be seen and not heard. Right. And what I learned also is do as I do. Not as I say do. Or did I just do that backwards? Do as I say do, as I say do not as I do. And in my family, my, my father, God rest his soul, he was big on telling you what to do. Right. But when you watched what he was doing, Completely he different. was not doing what he wanted us to do. So it was really hard to learn. It was a very mixed right. message. And so if anything, my son has really taught me that it's okay to change because I really want to be an example. Would you would you agree with the idea that uh, children keep you honest? Oh, one hundred. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be right, but I mean, it's like, a choice. You right? can still lie, and you, you can, can still, still lie, be. But a, they'll call you on your. Uh, yeah, but you either change or you don't. Right, for and sure. mo- and I think what I witness a lot, mm-hmm. and I just talked to you about this when I walked in the door. M- my kid called me on something. Like point blank when I was talking about his attitude and he said, well, what about you? And it's self-reflection. Yeah. It's such a great opportunity because out of the mouth of babes, granted, they say a lot of crap. They did. That is not <laughs> true. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but he, it's, it's, yeah, I can honestly say it's probably been one of the greatest choices and investments I've ever made in my life. Yeah. What would you tell a younger version of yourself, knowing what you know now? What would you tell that younger Teddy? Oh, my God. Are you really? Here you go again. Um, I would tell him it's going to be okay. Mm. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. And just stop looking for it outside of yourself. Yeah. That would be true. Yeah. What what would be a, a financial mantra or tip that you would give to people that are listening? Like that when you make choices these days, like is there a piece of advice you would give? Like, you know, think before you buy or like, you know, something that that's true for you. The two things that I would share is in my book, I have an affirmation at the end of every one of them. Mm. And so – an affirmation is a word and a and phrase. An affirmation, I like that. And an affirmation, we actually have to put those words into action. Yeah, like and that. so what I the biggest change for me has been learning and remembering constantly the word circulation. Mm-hmm. Because I was I was raised on spending. Right. We're spending this money. We've we're overdrawn, whatever that means. But if you think of it as circulation, it means it's coming in as fast as it's going out. Right. And accountability. And then I think the second thing I would say is 
mantras are great. Affirmations are great. I have enough to do be and have everything that I desire. And we have to believe that. And yeah. most I'm saying for myself, a lot of times I don't believe it because sometimes the, the very dread or react, it's really a reality. It's not a dread, but I am a single parent. Right. And that, that's a choice. I didn't know that I was going to continue being single, but it does put a different responsibility on someone. And I realized yesterday, I was like, it was a choice. Number one, that I would be a single parent. I was with someone for three years, but it's also a pleasure to be a single parent Yeah, <laughs> because we hear a lot of stories about parents not getting along right. and kids coming from beat up. So I don't have to answer to anyone. Right. Exactly. So, so I just flipped the script. Right. I just said, you know what? I am grateful I'm a single parent in this moment, yeah. having a 12 year old who's going through his own stuff. Right. I don't have to deal with somebody else's personalities. So if I had anything to say about money is I would just continue saying there is enough. I think there is. Well, I know we're getting close. I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, what financial legacy or impact? How um, did you know I was getting close? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Um, uh, what financial Im- legacy or impact do you want to imprint um, on your son? Like, what do you want him to take away from? Wow. The only word that's coming to me is service mm-hmm. that let your life be in service to others. Mm-hmm. And then it will literally come. If you're going to look for it, generally in my experience, when people are looking for money, they're looking for it to accumulate and acquire. Right. Whereas if, when you come with service, it just continues to flow. And so you're not, because remember when we die, we can't take it with us. Right. Right. A dear friend of mine always says, you know, all those MFs and MDs and DSSs and all that, when you're in the grave or when you're in ashes, Mm -hmm. you are not that DS and all those letters that come behind your name. Mm -hmm. You are literally what you left behind. So I just want him to be a lover and to find himself and to serve. Yeah. And for some reason I have this, I have this question, um, and I don't even know that it's a question, but I have a belief that, uh, when you, uh, dream big or when you go for what you want, I feel like the universe conspires with you. Always. It's alignment. Yeah. And I, it sounds like that there's been a lot of that, uh, happening in your life. Well, I think when you make a choice, change is not a bad thing. Right. It's inevitable. And I think the resistance to change is what so many people struggle with. And I'm one of them. And that's why I can say that so clearly because part of me wanted to say that nothing was wrong with me. Right. Because wrong had such a negative connotation and I needed to be fixed. But, you know, in the last five days, I've had so many insights that it is me, me. And so I no longer want to have selected drama or selected chaos in my life. And so it, that goes with money, that goes with my relationship with my child, and that even goes with us having this conversation. Like it's just about being authentic yeah. so that we can really see what the tapes that's playing in our heads. So it's not the R-E-E-L, that it's the R-E-A-L that we look forth. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Where can people find you? Teddybass.com. And if you want the book, it's teddybass.com forward slash book. And then you can go on my Instagram at teddybfitness. Beautiful. Awesome. 
Well, we'll do it. So uh, don't forget to share the laughs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. For more stories, podcast episodes, financial tools, and upcoming seminars, be sure to check out themoneynerve.com. If you're in the Los Angeles area or San Diego areas, please check out the world-famous Comedy Store. Yeah, yeah! And if you uh, listen to this podcast, please give us a rating. That helps us uh, get more visibility. Until next time, it's been great having you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for making me cry. Thank you. My pleasure. Peace. Peace.